Yeah, straight out of the timeline, see, and right into your ears. See, I'm Bell. Yeah, see, I'm Ka. Yeah, see, and I'm Will. See? D? And this is Legends TV Talk. Meh. Meh. <laughs> How you guys doing tonight? <laughs> yeah, I am, see, we're, I'm we're doing wonderfully. Really yeah, <laughs> see, yeah, I'm doing quite well. Yeah, see. We're going to head over to the speakeasy, see? We're going to go to the speakeasy, do the little thing, and then we're going to get out of here, see? Yeah. We're going to go rob a diamond and, uh, dispensary. Because <laughs> that's what they did back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so as you can tell, we are having fun in the 1920s, much like the legends did today. In or I guess and Especially with Deshaun Connery from yeah. The Untouchables. Oh, that's true. You know, I haven't. I, have you guys seen The Untouchables? I, I have not. I, I love The Untouchables. I have not like, seen it. It's it's uh, one of those movies that's on my list to to watch. Listen, yeah, Costner had it. like Costner had like four great movies. Okay, Bull Durham. You know, um, Waterworld. No, kill me. <laughs> I, I got it. You know, Bull Durham. Man of Steel. Come on, now, Man, Man of Steel. Or what was it there? Field of Dreams. Don't get me started on Man of Steel. We could. I'll, I'll hijack this podcast again. Welcome you know to I Man will. of Steel TV Talk. Because <laughs> we have talked about Man of Steel on this podcast, and we all know my opinion on Man of Steel. But like Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, The Untouchables. Like, I mean, those are like the Kevin Costner greats, and there's one or two others that I like. But oh, The Bodyguard. That was the other one. Like, and then he's oh, got you know Avatar in the West. So, which is what uh, I call Dances, Dances with Wolves, just to make people upset. <laughs> Dance with Wolves is first, man. I've never seen Dance with Wolves either. I've not seen it. Okay. Yes, you have. Did you see Avatar? No. Uh, I refuse to watch Avatar. Why would you refuse to watch Avatar? Because I have no interest in seeing that movie. It's a good movie. I liked Avatar. I thought it was Yeah, it was a good movie. It is Dances with Wolves. It is almost the exact same plot as Dances with Wolves. If you've seen Avatar. Yes, you've seen Dances with Wolves. And we will never speak of Waterworld, ever. Oh, and I Waterworld like Tim Cup, too. Oh, my God, I like Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, like some I'm just like sitting here going, I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's one of those actors, like, everybody hates. And then you start thinking about movies that he's in, and you're like, well, wait, I liked him in that. And I liked him in that. Well, yeah, it's like Nicholas Like, Cage. I like Draft Day. Holy cow, I like Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like, like Nicholas Cage, either? Yeah, everybody. Like everybody gives Nicolas Cage crap. They say, oh, Nicolas Cage, blah, blah, blah. The man's won an Academy Award. You just said something. We, we he has won an Academy so Award. So did Eminem. Okay. <laughs> for, wait, Eminem won an Academy Award? Yeah, yeah for Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Because of the song of the year. Did he? You got to lose right, yourself in the music the moment you want it. You got to never let it go, yo. That. Mom's spaghetti. Oh, my gosh, I hear myself. Knees weak, arms spaghetti. <laughs> mom's mom's spaghetti. Have you seen the, the version of it where it's like all mom's spaghetti? Yes. No, that's kind of great though. I should I gotta look that up. Yeah. It's basically the line is mom's See? spaghetti. Yeah. See? <laughs> See? And uh, you uh, so. never mind. That, that yeah. that's a preview of the after credits, folks. There's after yes. credits today. <laughs> and it's and it's and it's it's going to be fun for the after credits. It's beautiful. But it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> I think I think we've it's bantered enough, maybe. 
<laughs> you think, boss? So, so it might be time for a history lesson. Well, yeah. So here we go. History lesson time. Uh, season two, episode eight, The Chicago Way, directed by Ralph Hemaker and story by Sarah Nicole Jones and Ray Utarnishit. No, that's <laughs> if not you right. tarnish it, you bought it. <laughs> We've had this joke, it? but it's <laughs> you bought it. We have. <laughs> you tarn- it doesn't you tarn- matter. Uh, you tarnish it. There we go. And Ray, yeah. you tarnish it. All right, uh, Kyle, why don't you let us know what happened in this episode? Well, when a new time aberration is discovered by the legends, they find themselves headed to 1927 Chicago. The legends reali- quickly realize that they have been set up by Eobard Thawne, Damien Dark, and the newest member of the Legion of Doom, Malcolm Merlin. While everyone is trying to help fix what they think is the mission, Jax encourages a, re- a reluctant Stein to share his secret with the other legends. Stein is taken captive, and Sarah must make the tough choice of whether of either stopping the Legion of Doom or saving Stein. Meanwhile, Rory gets an unexpected visitor and is not sure how to handle it. Dun dun dun! See? Meh. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Mick. <laughs> so 1920s, uh, Chicago. That was that was pretty neat. It was, uh, you know, they've been teasing this episode for a while, and uh, we're finally here. We get to see Al Capone, and he. Uh, the aberration was that he becomes mayor. That sounds like it would be very very bad for Chicago, perhaps the world, maybe. Most Clearly, likely. It's a time aberration, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, meh, <laughs> she. I'm the Sorry, big that's G. That's just going to happen, guys. The, <laughs> the big toe. Yeah, we're, we're going to have random meahs and C's all over this. What's a gangster's. Uh, fa- well, actually, it works better with this one. Uh, what's a pirate's favorite letter? R. C. Ah, uh, you use both. But no, see, if, they say, if they say R, you go, no, it is the C. And if they say C, you say, no, it is the R. Because you can, yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, and has nothing to do with gangsters or 1927 Chicago or Legends of Tomorrow. So, scratch that. Flip it. Reverse it. Stick it. You lose. Bomb it. Good day, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, uh, the team gets, the you know, Stein's got this aberration thing going on that he created. He's talking to Jax about it. And uh, they get this, this, I guess they have like a klaxon now that's like warning them when there's time aberrations, which, you know, sounds like a bad idea. Why not just have Gideon yeah. say, hey, time aberration, guys. Instead, they got sirens. And so yeah, uh, they, got, they got sirens, alarms, and they still don't have a name for whatever. Uh, yeah. What did they call it? Uh, they, they, uh, I forgot his name. Holy crap. What's his name? Steel. Yeah. Nate. Yeah. Nate. Nate. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they still don't have a, a name for whatever Nate made. What do they call it this time though? They called it something different. They called it the uh, uh, the Spear of Destiny, right? Well, that was later. Oh, okay. Which is kind of like the Pick of Destiny, except for uh, Tenacious D didn't get it. No, that has a that has a that's a very big DC artifact. We can go over oh, that later. Okay. Okay. But, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We'll go over that Huge later, DC I, artifact. I was curious about that. I was curious about that. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so Stein thinks that the aberration that they're coming across is his daughter, which, you know, he probably should. 
uh, because you know he screwed up real big. And and since his daughter is a genius, it would it, it'd be hard for me to think that she wouldn't end up being some kind of aberration. Kyle, what do you, what do you think? Do you think because you know uh, they're saying that if she's not a influential she, factor on time that it won't be that big of a deal but how can a genius you know daughter of a superhero not be a big a big deal in time especially when she doesn't exist in time um truth yeah i if yeah what martin said was like if she if she's not that important they, it won't be that big of an aberration so i'm pretty sure yeah she does she doesn't have that much what's the i don't want to say the right word but um impact on the timeline to really create a time aberration for her okay so i i think i think martin is right in saying that she's in the clear for now at least yeah because i mean we know that she's going to be a recurring character so she has to be in the clear yeah (laughs) will do you until the uh, until the end yeah 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 uh, do you think this is going to be a thing where they're going to uh, investigate her as an aberration, or, or are we going to? Because her character uh, is going to be recurring. Are we going to see more? I guess them uh, doing flashbacks like they did this episode, or more of them traveling to 2016 to visit her. I think it could go either way. I don't think they'll visit visit. I think what'll happen is at some point something's going to come up in 2016 to say, you know. She's a time aberration, right? Yeah. But I kind of, I was thinking about this while watching it. And because and I'm used to the, you know, the whole gut shot that comes from the Berlaniverse. I almost <laughs> want to put it out there right now. I want to lay this down right now. She's not Steins. His Ooh. wife had an affair when he wasn't around. And it's going to turn out he, him talking to himself in the younger years didn't do anything. She'll be a result of Flashpoint or something stupid like that. And she's not Steins. Like, they're going to go there thinking she's the aberration. And there'll be something else. And then he's going like, well, well, to be like, well, I'm going to race this chick yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, you know, he'll be like, you grew up as my daughter. And he'll show himself as, I mean, they get more mileage out of the story. Yeah. But I mean, I'm I'm kind of like the minute I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him come clean and I'm like, man, he's coming clean way too easy to everybody. And this was such a big deal last week. Like, it's been literally six hours. Like, I'm like, no, no, he's going to end up. She's going to end up not being his kid. And I'm just <laughs> going to be like, wow. So, yeah, I want to yeah. put that out there right now. This is my money. My money's on that. And if it happens, I'm I'm going to take my props for it. And y'all yeah. are gonna have to listen to me do that because you, you, know, you will win an internet. I will win an internet for the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, we find out that it's not actually an aberration of Stein's daughter. It's in uh, Chicago, and we get to see the Legion of Doom help out uh, Al Capone get. Essentially, what they're trying to do is get him, you know, get him, uh, get him mayor so that he can, you know, do all sorts of crazy crime things. <laughs> Uh, so we can see, see. We see Eobard and we see Damien and we see Malcolm Merlin, who is the newest see. member of our Legion of Doom. Um, here's my question, fellas. Where did they, uh, Malcolm <clears throat> Merlin come from? Did they just like go in time and pick him up with the time bubble thing? Yes. It's, it's done off screen just for time. 
I guess I did. If the Legion of Doom gets any bigger, the little uh, time pod thing that they travel around in, it's gonna it's gonna get really cramped really fast, and we're gonna have you know I've mentioned it before a uh, a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure situation here with the <laughs> the telephone booth and like all those people in it. So uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's 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 gonna be more like the comic accurate time sphere that they use. Yeah, well, it's gonna be quite big. Oh, okay, okay, so the, the comic-accurate one is a lot larger? Yeah. Okay. Kind of like a wave. don't they just stand? Don't they just stand in it? I'm not sure. Will, is it is it like a standable? Yeah, well, no, it, there's been a few different versions. There is a standable one, but then there's one with controls around the outside of it. So, okay. yeah, like the pre-crisis version. I didn't see it much post-crisis. I only saw it really pre-crisis, so, you know, back when, you know, Rip was blonde and, you know, wavy-haired. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, in pre-crisis, they were all sitting around controls on the outside of it. He actually had, like, a crew in there. Um, oh, okay. Post-crisis, I'm not sure. Like, pre-crisis, he was still blonde and, you know, he had wavy hair. It was the 80s. <laughs> but, yeah, post-crisis, <laughs> it's a little different. I think everybody back then had like wavy comic or wavy hair in comics. <laughs> yes, it's kind of like the thing. So anyway, uh, we see the new Legion of Doom, and Malcolm Merlin is there, and uh, they're working to get, uh, you know, and and I apologize. I had a Christmas party last night, and I was up very late. So when I was trying to watch With this eggnog. episode, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> there was, there was lots of booze involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so uh, I'm trying to watch the episode right before. And uh, so I may have missed some details. So they uh, the the legends go and and the first time was the was the setup right. That was the trap that they set for him because uh, we have Nate and Ray are going to pose as the FBI agent because he gets kind of waylaid by the police officers that are corrupt and owned by Capone. Correct. And so, okay, so they go there. They go to the docks. They find this. Uh, this FBI agent who uh, Vixen was Oh my to gosh. Really? You what? don't know Elliot Ness? No, I don't. Okay, we got some, we got some, <sighs> some knowledge on me here, Will. Elliot Ness, he's actually a real guy. He was the one, he was partially responsible for bringing down the Capone. He's part of the, the Untouchables was actually a mostly true story. Like, oh, you know, he put right. this he team. He he doesn't look like Kevin Costner. Yes. <laughs> that's why Ray said that. I get, okay, I get it. Now, cause I haven't seen The Untouchables, so I'm not too familiar with the story of a uh, of a uh, old Al Capone. Yeah. So yeah, oh, so the so Al Capone stuff's great. Oh yeah, Elliot Ness, he he put together the whole thing that basically took Capone down. Um, you know, it took years, but it it's pretty, you know, he's the guy. He's like a typical FBI G-man and he was part of this secret task force that was created. Uh, nobody knew who they were. They, they were called the Untouchables because, like, like he said, he was like, nobody's seen Elliot Ness, so I can just come over and just be Elliot Ness. It was, he was kept pretty secret. You know, all their identities were kept, you know, confidential to make sure that, you know, they, they didn't have families to be killed or anything like that. So it's really great. The movie's good, but even if not, just wiki Elliot Ness. Because, you know, he's, he's actually a real, char- he's a real guy in history. Well, I feel like I'm going to have to watch Untouchables or just read about oh, it's the whole wonderful. Al Capone thing 
<laughs> and rewatch this episode because that, that, that that's the thing that I th- that I find interesting about Legends is like since it is a show about time travel and they have you know there's some scenarios where it's like you know you got your your Jonah Hex storylines which don't really correlate to anything real and then you have your uh, uh, the, the zombie storyline which didn't really correlate to anything real but the 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 representation of Mississippi at the time was was very accurate. Uh, it's neat how they have these accurate kind of things in there. So I, I wasn't expecting totally like a, a, a true to form Al Capone, you know, storyline. So it's, it's good to hear that they actually kind of right. did that. Yeah. So I will, I will definitely have to check this episode out again. Um, so yeah. So Elliot Ness, uh, Vixen saves him from underwater. They take him back to the wave rider and we learn that Gideon can cure brain damage. <laughs> awesome. And the I best guess. joke of the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why have we used that on Mick? What's to say you I haven't tried? <laughs> <laughs> no, not so, tried. She says, what's to say I haven't been? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, that's our, so, I feel that should be our Mick quote of the week is, even though Mick didn't say it, what's to say I haven't been? <laughs> <laughs> Gideon has a sense of humor. Yeah, we, we need like uh, either Mick quotes or Mick adjacent quotes uh, about right. him, around him, you know. <laughs> that should be like our quote of the week. But uh, so, uh, you know, Elliot Ness is, is taken out of the picture because of the brain damage that they're going to fix with a magic, you know, space robot OMG science device that Barry Allen wrote at some point in the future. Uh, <laughs> <so> apparently, <laughs> apparently, not only not only can Gideon you know find time aberrations, uh, Gideon can also cure brain damage uh, with with crazy future awesome science tech. Um, and so now we have Nate and Ray having to take the place of Elliot to go and get the task force and move in on Al Capone and the Legion of Doom. And so, like Will said earlier, uh, no one knew what they looked like, so they could just roll up in there and, and take care of it. But it turns out that this was a trap that they set up for him. Now, Will, here's my question. They go into the speakeasy. Now, was this the actual speakeasy where they first? I don't think so. I didn't see it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think it was that. It looked like a set. And, you know, granted, I mean, I, I knew they were going to dress Sarah up as a flapper. Even yeah. Though she wasn't a flapper. Funny. She was just you know serving drinks but yeah yeah i i've i've heard of that speakeasy i think but it's just not you know that a lot of that stuff is legit yeah oh sorry yeah because the ledger thing right like that's how they get them on tax evasion they couldn't get them on anything right. else it's because they find that ledger uh but that's what i was curious as to whether or not they actually found it in that spot and then you know because no legends is yeah yeah so but it turns out though the legion of doom uh, was there ahead of time and uh, Eobard Thawne shows up, and for some reason, just doesn't kill everybody because he could. He he he's essentially a god at this point. There's no one on the Legends team that can that can deal with him. Uh, which which kind of brings me to a point that I wanted to talk about. Do you guys feel that Eobard is like holding way back and could just get rid of these people super fast, literally? And it it, it kind of feels to me like like he's. Uh, He's being underutilized as a speedster, and he's kind of being like powered down a bit. Kyle, do you do you feel the same way, or am I just am I crazy? I feel the same way, but in terms of the story, it makes sense. I mean, if he was to do everything, there wouldn't be much story there, and there wouldn't be much of a TV show. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So uh, it's it's it makes sense as to why he's not just zipping around doing everything. 
But I mean, later in the episode, we see him do a lot more. But that also comes in terms of the plot and everything. So yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, so- I agree with I. I actually, I'm kind of I think with you, Bell. It's like mm-hmm. it's almost like a di- even though it's a different actor, and I again love Matt Lester in the role. I just I can't get past like. In first season and second season of Flash, I mean, he put his hand in everybody's chest. Like, it didn't matter yeah. who the heck you were. Five seconds after he met you, if he didn't like you, done, you know. He had Martin Stein in front of him. He could have done it to any one of them inside. You know, he took him someplace. There's no reason not to. Yeah. You know, like, he could have ended all of this real quick and been like, oh, they're all dead. Okay, yeah. then. We're good. <laughs> Now right, well, no here, can stop oh, us. Oh, <laughs> oh, look, there's the amulet. Let's grab that. Let's go. <laughs> it just, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it was seemed, a little. It seemed, yeah, a little bizarre. Yes. Um, but yeah, so so he, he goes in, you know, Ebar rolls in and uh, obviously being the most powerful of the Legion of Doom, uh, quickly dispatches the team with, with pretty much no effort whatsoever. And uh, now we're stuck uh, with Dr. Stein and Sarah being kidnapped and taken to a, um, what was this, a secret underground lair, I suppose? Was this one yeah, of the spots? I, I think they were trying to go for the vault, to tell you the truth. <laughs> like, I looked at that and thought it was like uh, the vault of Al Capone that, um, do you guys remember oh, that, maybe you, that Geraldo <laughs> went into? Geraldo Riviera? <laughs> they found like a sandwich and something. I, I was kind of like, I was looking at this going, I wonder if they're trying to tell us this is the same vault, because that would have been cool. If there was a sandwich in there, that'd be hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just a room, and he's got them all locked up. Yeah. And so our other legends on the uh, on the ship are trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to find them? And uh, it turns out that the same device that Eobard used in season one to take the identity of Harrison Wells... For some reason, that's beyond me, he tweaked it so that it doesn't kill the person he uses it on, and he can take their identity. So I don't know why, at this point, he wanted to keep Stein alive. Obviously, I mean, there's story reasons. You don't want to kill one of your characters right then and there, uh, especially because that means Jax dies, and uh, <laughs> you know there, there goes two legends for the price of one. Um, and then he gets uh, returned to the ship. They, they escape with Sarah... Uh, as Steel and Ray roll in, and what uh, th- th- this is where they finally say Steel up, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was the first time. That that was kind of nice hearing that. Um, I thought it was going to be like Power On or something like that. They'd have you know, <laughs> Wonder Twin Powers activate <laughs> form of Steel, <laughs> form of Water. That would be the worst to be the the Water Wonder Twin. That'd be worse to be the Wonder Twins. Yes. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you could be any superhero and you got stuck, like it's like a random, you push a button and you're a superhero. Like, <laughs> and you get the Wonder Twins and you're like, oh. You're like, can I undo the button push and just be normal again? <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, and, and now we have our our fake Dr. Stein on the show. No, wait, actually, you know what? We, sh- we should probably talk about the uh, the conversation that Sarah and uh, Dr. Stein have while they're in uh, Geraldo Riviera's Al Capone basement <laughs> dungeon. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, w- it was Geraldo, right? Who there was a big safe that he was. Yes, it was Geraldo. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. I actually watched it live. Did you? <laughs> like, I remember the night it was in '87, and it was such a huge deal. Like, we all watched it live. Everybody did, and you know, for three hours, they're giving you like a history lesson on Capone, and then at the end of it, they're they're gonna go in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was there. <laughs> That's oh, like one of the most beautiful. disappointing moments in TV history. Oh, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> he had such. I don't think he really ever recovered. Like he had so much egg on his face from that. I don't think he ever. Well, re- I mean, think about it. His stock went way down after that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, why would you not open it beforehand and then make sure there's something in there? That's what I would have done. Well, they were sure, because part of it was, the way they sold it was, they're like, it could be anything in there. We don't know. We haven't gone in. We really don't know. We could get in there, and it could be nothing. It could even be a boat. It could be a boat. It could be a boat. It could be a futuristic, it could be a really old man and a, re- a semi-old woman strapped yeah, to a chair. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what we have. At uh, this episode was, uh, you know, a, an old man, a doctor, and, and a ninja woman and yeah. <laughs> strapped with chairs. So Stein and Sarah, because uh, Damien or, or, or Malcolm Merlin comes up to Sarah and, and basically gives her an ultimatum. It's like, look, we want the amulet. We need it. Uh, you can give it to us and we'll go back in time and I won't blow up the Queen's Gambit. And... Sarah, of course, she denies the offer, and they talk about how it was difficult. But but here's my question about the whole thing. So yes, it's Malcolm Merlin. He's not really going to do that. He, you know, it's, it's a trick. They're not going to like go back in time and do that. But if they had, if Malcolm had actually gone back and, and been a man of his word and done this deal, the implications of them not blowing up the Queen's Gambit would pretty much destroy everything that's happened thus far. Like Malcolm wouldn't be <clears throat> the Malcolm that he is. So they're creating paradoxes. The whole plot of the first season would have happened. The whole, uh, what, yeah, they, what did they yeah. call it? Uh, the, well, uh, we also, I mean, we basically yeah. saw what would happen if the Queen's Gambit never went down. We saw that last, we saw that in Arrow. That is yeah, true. Yeah, but that's what bugged me. I thought about that later. Malcolm Merlin's plan would have succeeded. He would have took out the, the uh, poor part of Star City there with that bomb that he was trying to do the whole season long. Instead of just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what was? The, yeah. So sorry, but I mean, yeah, that was the one part of that I didn't realize. But go on. Yeah, because because so yeah, because so Malcolm Merlin, you know, he's still kind of I guess the same guy. Like even if the Queen's Gambit didn't go down, he would still be the same guy, because uh, he still wanted to blow up, yeah, all the poor people. So I, I guess that does make sense. But Sarah wouldn't be the same. So we'd have a paradox. So then, if she agrees to do that, she instantly wouldn't be in that situation to begin with, and so. I wonder if, if, if Malcolm uh, maybe doesn't care about time paradoxes. I mean, honestly, you know, he's not going to be honest to Sarah anyway. And so, of course, she denies the offer. And uh, Stein says, you know, well, oh, it's got to be hard to, you know, deny that kind of stuff. She's like, yeah, sure, I was tempted. But, like, I learned from you, Dad. I learned it from you. <laughs> 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 Which is funny to me because... Oh, the irony is just, just just palpable and delicious there because Stein's like, I had this daughter and she's real to me now and I'm not going to get rid of her. I don't care if she's a time aberration. And then Sarah's like, yeah, of course I'm going to give up all this stuff. It could be, you know, happy and super awesome. 
because, you know, Dr. Stein wants me, you know, to, to do that. And so that was, that was pretty, that was pretty neat. Uh, that little interaction that they had there. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, all pretty, so that part was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it adds to the tension of, of when the eventual reveal is going to come out, you know, and, and, and what they're going to do there. Um, there's definitely some tension and I'm trying to remember now, um, does, does, does Stein reveal his daughter? He, he reveals his daughter to her in that room, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So he reveals his daughter and she's like, well, what? We're going to like erase her. And he's like, nah, she's real to me. She's like, but she's not real, but she totally is real. So here's the question. Is she real? Will? Yes or no? Of course she's real. Absolutely. Even though she's a time aberration. Again, I'm kind of operating under a new idea that she's probably not. But even still, yes, of course she's real. A time aberration makes them real. I mean, they've screwed with time so much already that, you know, of course she's real. Yeah, you know, it kind of brings into question, like, what is real, right? Right. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're going back and trying to make John Diggle's son a daughter. (laughs) Well, they're not doing that because they want Connor Hawk. (laughs) <laughs> they were That's like, true. oh, wait, we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan all along, I think, was to have Barry uh, change baby Sarah into baby Connor. Yeah, to make a baby Connor Hawk, yeah. 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 Which it's like, he already has a son. You could just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know. Kyle, so do you think that uh, that the time aberration, even though it's not normal and not part of time, is she real? She's real. She's real. Okay. I mean, she's definitely she's more she's definitely real to Stein. So yeah, she's real. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Like, I, I think uh, you know the memories are there, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it, as long as the uh, repercussions of having her in that timeline aren't terrible, yeah, whatever. And wait, wait, wait a second. We did the same thing last season. Jax has a dad. Oh, yeah. Didn't his dad survive? No. No, his no. dad still died. But he meets oh, okay. him. Okay, I thought they saved him. his father. He no, meets no, no, he him. Gets, yeah, he, he gets to meet him and talk to him. And, uh, no, I thought, he, I thought they saved him because they said if he makes too little of a ripple in history, it's okay. No, he's still... It's oh. one of those fixed points in time. Okay. Yeah, well, either way... Uh, now Stein and Sarah know that they have a time aberration on their hands. They're going to deal with eventually. And our boys, uh, we have uh, Vixen and Rory come up with a plan. This, this, I, I'm not jumping too far ahead, right? Vixen and Rory come up with a plan no. to go rescue them as criminals, correct? Which correct. Is great. Yeah, which, which is super cool. Like, I, I, what, what do you guys think about this villain Vixen? Is this, is this something you think they're going to stick with? I think it's kind of cool. I, I I think she's just she's just playing on that uh the dark side. Joy she's not gonna go full. Side. Yeah, she's not gonna yeah. have. She's not gonna go full baddie. She can't. Yeah, well, I don't think she's gonna go like full evil and start you know murking people for no reason. Um, but you know maybe she uses her amulet to you know break people's legs or something. I don't know. In a, in a very villainous kind of way. But uh, 
So <laughs> then we have we have another great Mick line. And I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, what does he say about uh, uh, Nate and Ro- and Ro- uh, and Ray when they're uh, they just hijacked the car? The it was Al Capone's shipment or whatever, and uh, they're about to drive off. And Vixen's like, wait, wait, wait we got to wait for uh, Ray and Nate. And what did he say about them? Oh, I wanna, don't remember. It's like, I, oh, they're just going to slow us down. It's like, you know, we're right outside, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, they'll just slow us down. You know, we can hear you, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rory is becoming my one of my favorite characters on this show. And, yeah, and speaking of him, I, I think we should. I think we should. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think we should talk now uh, just briefly before we continue with the plot of the episode. Uh, the visions that Mick's been seeing. This was this was interesting because I know we, we see the, you know, it was teased that Captain Cold's coming back. Um, and then we see him come back, but it's in these visions. It's like it's, it's, it's a hallucination or something like that. Uh, Kyle, do, do, what do you think's going on with these? Is, this, is, it, is he losing his mind? Did Gideon do this? When uh, she was uh, messing with his head, <laughs> what's up? Like, what, what do you think is going on? Because, because like that—that's like the, the first thing I thought of. Right, was when Gideon said, "How do you know I haven't tried?" And then we see this, you know, brain mirage, which is a terrible word for hallucination. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and like the first thought that came to my head is like, "Holy crap! Did Gideon do that?" So I don't know. What do, what do you think, Kyle? I I think it's just mixed subconscious being like, okay, now I am I'm a villain. I'm a bad guy. I'm a criminal. I need to do this. But I'm also I'm also starting to become a good guy. Sort of thing. So it's his subconscious being like, okay, we need you to get back on that on that crooked path again. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, like, he's having an internal uh, dialogue with him, with himself, in the fact that he's becoming more heroic. Correct. And okay, and so like part of his subconscious is like, nah, we got to be bad guys, and part of him's like, nah, I'm, I'm kind of digging being a good guy. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Will, what do you, what do you think, man? Do you think uh, this is a, a conflict of of interest in his brain, or is Gideon tweaking stuff, or did he just do a lot of acid uh, the I- last time period they were in? I don't know. For a while there, I was sitting there going, "Gosh, I just wonder if, if they're if they're like making, uh, if Zoom is like bringing him in and out." Like I'm like, because it was you know a little bit too real, and it seemed like something they would do to mess with Mick would bring Captain Cold out, and oh, everything we've see. read, so you- yeah. And everything we've read and seen said, you know, he is a part of the Legion of Doom. So it's like... So you're saying that Eobard is grabbing him from an earlier period of time, bringing him aboard the ship to try to coerce him to betray the team or something like that? Or something else, some other way they're doing it. I have a feeling that this is actually all part of the plan. Like, I, I don't think... I, like, maybe they have some way to project to him. You know that it's that it's what it is. You know that they're they're yeah. projecting him to him as a hologram that only he can see and hear from the future. And he, you know, mix right mix there to right or wrong. So he has a hologram that he can only see and hear. And so Mick finds himself going from life to life, trying to put right what once went wrong, and 
hoping each time that his next leap would be the <laughs> I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 hold on. This sounds... <laughs> This is starting to sound very, very strangely familiar. Ziggy, <laughs> we got to get out of here. <laughs> no, but I think oh, there is something to that. I think that I have a feeling this is all going to be found out to actually be real. Because some of the stuff he was saying, you know, Mick was more than just arguing with his subconscious. He was, you know, actually like having like deep rooted conversations. And Mick's not insane. So I, I yeah. do. I think they were. I think they were sending. They're gonna. We're gonna find out that you know, using some sort of technology, they're actually sending, you know, e- or Leonard Snart into, you know, Mick's head to screw with him and prepare him to see if he'll turn on the legends. So I mean, that was okay. my thinking. And so I, kind of like what uh, they did with Kronos. Yeah. Interesting. You know so. Oh, that's true. He could have something in his head still from being Kronos, where which lets him see crazy. He, and it could even be the Time Masters. Maybe the Time Masters are back there because remember, you know, that's how Leonard died. So, yeah. who knows? <laughs> yeah, that that'll be interesting to see unfold. But I will say this: I think a uh, McRory quantum leap would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, that, it's like that is all I can think of. I'm like, oh my god, it's a hologram that only Mick can see it here. <laughs> please, who's ever listening, please, someone make that. Just yes. please, just make that as a picture. <laughs> I, I need that. I need that. Like, cause, see, we just go back and just hit everybody. <laughs> That's how he would try to solve all their problems. <laughs> Theorizing oh, man, so. that one could light the world on fire in multiple time frames, Mick Rory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Went out into the desert and formed Project Quantum Leap. <laughs> Stepped into the Quantum Leap accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own, and hope and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Snart, an observer from his own time who appears in a form of hologram that only Mick can see and hear. And so Mick finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. (laughs) I might have liked that show. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I like that show too. You were reading that, you were reciting that, correct? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That I do a amazing. binge watch of that. Usually, like, once or if I'm sick for a few days, I'll be like, oh, I'll just watch Quantum Leap. <laughs> it's a good thing it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and now Netflix? they're all on Netflix because they did skip a few, and now they're all there. Nice. How many episodes? Like, they, skipped, really? they skipped a lot of the good ones. Like, the first one wasn't there. Like, the first episode was the boxing episode. So you never saw Oh, no. I s- oh, yeah. yeah. I, I saw the pilot. Yeah, the pilot's there now. It used to not be. And what was oh the Elvis episode because of the music they couldn't get on there, and oh, I still don't okay. like that yeah, they don't put Georgia on there. Like Georgia's still not there when Al is dancing with his wife. Georgia on my mind. Georgia. Yeah. The 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 Georgia. end of season three or the end of season two when Al when he leaps into like to Eddie could interact with Al's ex wife and he could have told Al's ex wife that he was alive. After Sam leaps out, Al's dancing with Beth to Georgia. It's a very powerful scene. Welcome to Quantum Leap TV Talk. And <laughs> yeah, anyway, 
Yeah. Thank Moving you for on. listening to Quantum Leap TV Talk. Uh, that, if, for yeah, those of so, you keeping score at home, we have had Sherrick TV Talk tonight, Rocky TV Talk tonight, um, Presidential TV Talk tonight, TV and, Talk tonight, <laughs> oh, yeah, and Quantum TV Leap. Talk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, TV talk. Oh, I have a lot of voices yeah, in yeah. my head, sir. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, speaking of voices in head, we uh, as we just talked about Mick and his voices in his head for uh, uh, for Snart, it, it, it could be that maybe it's a hologram. We don't know yet. So that's going to be interesting to find. But uh, Rory comes up with a plan to go and save the rest of the crew. And we get this. Uh, we get Stein out and we get Sarah out. But it's not Stein. It is actually Eobard. And Eobard is acting all super weird, and everybody knows, but nobody knows uh, for some reason. And so he decides he's going to try and kill Sarah in the library thing, and uh, Jax gets wind of this and sends good old Commander Steel to go and save In the him. library with the pitchfork, or with the pipe. Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Stein's about to kill Sarah a very in the library clue. with the candlestick. Yeah. <laughs> good that was good i appreciated that line uh so All we needed was tim curry yeah for real uh he, he's still alive right 2016 has yeah he just, yet. He, no no he just had a but he, he had looked, a stroke oh yeah yeah he had a bad stroke. And he was rough as yeah. crim he was rough in that he was part of the new rocky uh, welcome to rocky horror podcast um <laughs> yes he was part of that new rocky horror they put out a few like in october he played the part of the criminologist, oh, okay. and it was rough. It was rough to watch him do it because he had none of his, like, flair. Facial expression. He pretty much had stuff. to sit, yeah. and it was, yeah, it was like Dick Clark's Rock and Eve after he had the stroke where you're just like, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How do you do yeah. See, you've got sad TV talk. Yeah. Faithful handyman. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> So, yeah, so, so we have Eobard on the ship now, which is super dangerous because, see, th- th- this was another instance. I'm, I, we'll talk about this now. I'll swing back to what we were talking about earlier with Eobard being depowered. Uh, he, uh, you know, he goes in for the attack, and they uh, manage to get Sarah out of the way. But now he's going around the ship trying to find this, this item. But I feel like he could tear that ship apart, scour it head to toe up and down in, you know, a fraction of a second. Like, I feel like if he was really trying to find that thing, that he would find it very, very, very quickly. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you feel like on the ship, you know, he, he felt a little depowered? Because they had that, they, you know, of course they had the MacGuffin uh, speedster gun, which was nice. Which, where did that come from, by the way? The, that secret room that had the message. Oh, that was one of Barry's, like, spy, or, or, or I guess, um, uh, Rip's secret room weapons? Yes. Correct. Okay, okay. So, of course, yeah, we got the MacGuffin room, so there's going to be a speedster MacGuffin. There has to be. <laughs> this, is, this is MacGuffin TV talk, after all. And <laughs> Did you say McGruff? Did you say McGruff? Take the bite out of crime, dog. <laughs> Scruff, McGruff, Chicago, <laughs> Illinois, 60652, and you can take a bite out of crime. Welcome After to ADHD Theater. We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, the McGruff crime song always reminds me of that Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, yeah. Bit. That little bump. But yes, this is, this is Saturday morning TV talk. As well as ADD cartoons. TV talk. I think we should just and, and call cereal. it ADD TV talk. 
Yeah. <laughs> Stream of consciousness, uh, TV talk. Yeah, like this. This is you know we'll, we'll be like beat poets, and we'll just say what is on the top of our head. <laughs> It'll be great. Not really. No one would. Like, the, the, the three <laughs> listeners we have would be like, nah, nah. Uh, anyway, so Eobard's on the ship. He, I, I feel like he, you know they had the MacGuffin gun, sure, but uh, I feel like he could have scoured the ship a little bit faster and um, find this amulet that he needs. Now, this this was the point where I was really struggling to retain consciousness. Uh, because of my perennial exhaustion from last night and having to work all day. Um, so there is a part that I remember where he gets the box with the amulet in it. Yes. But it's empty, correct? Yes. Correct. So what what happened there? Like what was what was the dealio? Mick Will or put Kyle it go. somewhere. Sorry. Oh that's Sorry, right. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So because uh, because uh it wasn't you Mick. It was, it was her. It was, it was Sarah. Sarah. It was Sarah because she was the one who gave it to uh, what's his All face right. after. Because she yeah. had she had Malcolm dead to rights. So oh, she true. gave it, and there's no way Mick would have given it up for, you know, cue ball professor or whatever he calls him. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it was definitely Sarah. It was Sarah's call. Okay. So then Sarah swapped it out. And they get the real Stein back from this trade, but the amulet is not there, so they double they double crossed him. Well, the no, the amulet was there. They never the way they got Stein back was Eobard's there, he's searching for it. He churned on or he took over the bridge and opened the cargo bay door, which let in a bunch of gangsters. So now there's a gunfight using Tommy guns no less. Yeah, and yeah see Tommy guns, see Tommy guns, see. Yeah. And Man, the big toe. The 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 gangsters are there. They're gonna try to kill everybody, but obviously they can't. And then uh Eobard can't find it, and Malcolm Merlin is also part of this crew. And he also gets on the bridge and Sarah jumps down from the top. They have a monstrously awesome fight. Like if you miss the fight between Merlin and her, brutal. Like you're gonna want to go back and watch that. I do. I do remember seeing them fight. Uh, I think. I think I kind of like because the action scene sort of like jarred my consciousness back into action because I remember right. seeing them flip around and I was trying to decide whether or not uh, the actress. It's Katie Lotz, right? Who plays right. Sarah? Correct. Right. Because I, I know she's athletic and she has uh, done some of these stunts before, but I, I was trying to tell, and because she has her hair how it is. Uh, and it's really long and flowy. I was trying to tell if, if it was her doing a lot of the choreography or if, it, or if they were switching <coughs> between. Uh, I think it was her, but I it was definitely not him. It's definitely not Malcolm. No, it was no. definitely not John Berriman. <laughs> John Berriman was, was paid. not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> That was painfully obvious. No, it was bad. It was like, almost, you know, Berriman's big and kind of burly, and then they start fighting, and she's yeah. fighting like a 98-pound weakling with a bad wig. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> So it was almost like I, I you've seen the movie Equilibrium? You guys seen yes. that? Yes. Love that movie. Fantastic. Super great. Super great. Spoilers for the movie Equilibrium. But uh at the end when uh John fights the the head Grammaton cleric guy and they just paste like poorly paste the CGI head of the head Grammaton cleric onto like an obvious stunt double's body. <laughs> like that's kind of what it reminded me of. <laughs> 
But yes, yeah, so, okay, ex- we had epic fight scene. Uh, continue, uh, continue, Will. And then at the end of that epic fight scene, she gets him dead to rights. She takes a blade and puts it on Malcolm's neck. And, you know, she's like, where's Stein? And he's like, well, you know, it'll cost you. And that's and then it cuts to Stein standing on the dock. Capone's saying, you know, and he's wearing cement overshoes. Capone's like doing his bit. He's like, I've never killed a professor before. And then the two guy, the two guards get shot, and she beats the heck out of Capone, takes him off, and she tells him, she's like, I traded the amulet for you. So. Ah. And, and that's when that's they get it, and it wasn't happening. there. No, yes. it was there. They <laughs> traded the amulet. It was there. Okay. 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 Yeah, she yeah, fully so, traded so they, the amulet, which goes to them standing around. They join the two pieces of the amulet together, and it becomes this big map, which is supposed to lead to the Spear of Destiny. So okay, and I and that's I think, the end of the episode. Like, almost the end of the episode. Yeah. Did you see the we, last we'll, last we'll part of the episode? Nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, so, so the last part. Yeah. So so we'll talk about okay. the last part before we get into some speculation because I, I I think you know we we led up right to that speculation, but we got We got to talk about this last little bit because I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> so so we haven't seen Rip Hunter since the very first freaking episode of this show and uh now here he is in 1967 with an american accent filming a, a very movie that good american accent, a lot yeah yeah i was impressed i was looking there at first and i was like is that just a dude they're trying to make look like rip hunter who's american or is that actually rip hunter and it was actually him very good accent yeah. um and so he is filming legends of tomorrow what appears to be the legends of tomorrow movie and <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Kyle. Do you, do you know what's going on here? <laughs> uh, the only the only thing I know is, is that Rip is Rip has no idea who he is. He is making movies of his life, and that's where we're gonna pick up back in January. Well, so I think, think this should be, be time because I have an idea to that. I mean, if we're gonna talk about what he is because they didn't tell us, yeah, it should be right, time, yeah. Bell. Okay, so 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 that that's where the that's where the episode ends. We have uh, 1967 uh, Rip Hunter with an American accent directing a movie with basically the legends. So, with that in mind, I think it's time for some speculation. So, what is up with American Rip Hunter? This is he's he's a director. He's not a, he's not a time lord. He uh, doesn't have an English. Wait, accent. wait, wait. He's not a time master. Time lords are British. They come from Gallifrey. They travel in Tardises. <laughs> oh, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a Hoovian. Is it's, that the term? It's a Hoovian. Yes. A Hoovian. Yeah. Hoovian. A Hoovian. Yes. I say, well, I'm, I'm rather not a Hoovian. Yes. I'm more of a non-Hoovian, uh, uh, I suppose. Yes. Uh, welcome to Stewie TV Talk. I'm your host, Stewie Evan. It's a pleasure to see you all. Giggity. Yes, snake. <laughs> All right, dear time, jackpot. I, I, I am, I am. We're back. I'm we're back. Two hours of sleep. So yeah, we're we're back. We're back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Sleep Deprivation TV Talk. Bo, if you're listening, I'm your please host, continue Sam to man. let us do this show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is so much fun. Uh, so Kyle, what what is what is, what's going on here? What why why is Rip Hunter American and a director and uh, have weird faces here. He he is he was uh, at the beginning of season two. He that time 
thing that he did with the rest of the crew. It hit him. It somehow erased all of his memories um, or uh, kept him at bay, I guess, in order for him to remember himself. So he's putting all of his memories into a movie. Ah, so maybe he can like, re-piece his life together via the magic of cinema. Yes. Okay. Will, what do you think? Is this... Is this what it, what I don't because I don't know. I think honestly, is there any I think for this, no, and I don't think I think he knows who he is. I think he's pretending. If he doesn't, he's got okay. some. Like he said, he's got some MacGuffin to bring his memories back. Uh, there was like a plot, and if so, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that was a Doctor Who thing where at one point he pretended he was human by, you know, putting all of his essence into like a stopwatch or something, a, a pocket watch. But I, I mean, he could have done that. But I think he probably is just trying really to hide out. Either that or I wonder if it's not like Rip Hunter's great, 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 great grandfather. (laughs) Yeah, you know, know, because that's what I was going to say is that Rip is from the future. So Mm -hmm. he's back in the past. So he must have arrived there somehow. And if he arrived there somehow. Well, he 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 had everybody split up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Wait, none of the Yeah, Um, they all had their memories when they went back, right? Right, right? I, I thought yeah. so. So Yeah, so he yeah, would too. Maybe he, I, so do you think he is his own great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather? It's possible, but I think he's just hiding to be out, you know. And part of what they were he's talking about... He's sick of being the ship. Well, I think, he, I think part of what they were talking about was he knows something about the superior of destiny. Like, they need Rip Hunter. They said that. That's why they showed us Rip Hunter. Because yeah. at the end, the villains are standing there and they're looking at this thing and then they're like Spear of Destiny and it can change reality as we know it. And don't get me started on that because that's not exactly what it does. But, and Rip Hunter's involved somehow. So. Okay. Yeah, so he's hiding in 1967 and telling, you know, maybe he's just telling stories of his adventures to make a little money and be, you know, productive. But, you know, okay. with that, I mean, I just, yeah, I'm not so sure it's, he doesn't remember. I think he remembers. I just don't think he's, you know, I think he's trying to lay low. So this isn't a quantum leap situation where he's no, back in so. the life of a, a director in the past. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so before we get into the meat of this speculation, uh, I want I want to talk a little bit. Uh, this is something that I noticed. I want to see if you guys noticed it as well. Uh, Eobard was on the ship and he was about to do a death blow to, I believe it was Vixen, and his watch went off. Yeah, and, and it, yeah. Was, uh, it was a, uh, Android <laughs> watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it certainly wasn't a Pebble watch because those have been <laughs> those have been removed from existence now. Um, yeah, what was the what was the significance with that? There's there's obviously something there. He has a timeline that he has to, to stick to, uh, and so he didn't you know kill them there. They were saved by the bell. Uh, and not not me. But, it's you know. all right, cause I'm saved by the bell. Wow. <laughs> it's too much. It's just too much. <laughs> I'm a kid of the '90s. What do you expect? <laughs> I I never wow. watched Saved by the Bell. Like I I'm I'm pretty much a kid of the oh, '90s. Oh man. Yeah. I just yeah. Oh man. I watched Beavis and Butthead. Instead. Nah, yeah, I didn't watch yeah. Beavis and Butthead. I, 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 it was it was too much for my young mind. <laughs> fire, fire. Uh, so, so yeah, what was the deal? Like, is this was this something that I just missed because I 
you know, haven't slept in what feels like four weeks. Uh, or did, or did, was it, was it kept, uh, kept a mystery as to why he left when his watch beeped? It was kept a mystery. Okay. So Kyle, what is it that is so important that he has to keep a, the, the Eobard has to keep a strict timeline, uh, and cannot go, you know, outside of, uh, of the bounds of this, of this thing that he's got set up. What do you think it's related to the spear of destiny, which we'll talk about in a minute, or, uh, is this something new? This is something like part of his plan that requires th- him to be on time. I think, I think it's part of his plan yet. We don't know of course yet what it is, but yeah, it's, it's part of his, his foreseeable future plan. So I was thinking that it might have something to do with his speed. Now we've seen this in Flash season two, where yeah we did get yeah like he can get bouts of speed and uh, you know j- uh, you, you, they can steal the speed and it was you know hidden in the wheelchair uh, and, and, and those kind of things and I'm wondering if this is something related to that where he has to go and uh, recharge his batteries so to speak every now and again. But then again, I, I also wasn't sure if that was it or if it was something more along the lines of you know that this plan has a specific timeline and timetable that they have to operate on. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking that maybe it's something to do with his speed, like a presence of the speed force. Cause he's out of time and it, he's, it seems kind of weird. I don't know, but uh, that would kind of explain why he felt a little depowered because if he's not in touch with the negative speed for reverse speed force, uh, then that could explain why he's not as, as fast or as powerful as he should be. Uh, Will, do you have any ideas on that? About why his watch went off? I'm not even... uh. I mean, does it have something to do with his... uh, with with the speed, or is it part of the plan? It's probably part of the plan. I think... I don't think he's being totally honest with his guys. I think... I think he knows... I think he knows something that he's not telling them. And I think he's, you know, trying to head something off. And he's like, oh, I have, you know, I'm not supposed to be here now. So he ran off and like, I think we're going to come to find out that he's playing both sides to the middle or, you know, maybe trying to make it so he never went back. I don't know. Uh, But something like that. He's got a different agenda, I think, than the other guys. Interesting. Okay. Well, and all this leads up to uh, they, they get the uh, both amulets, they put them together, and now we have this magic compass thing. And supposedly this compass is pointing to the Spear of Destiny. Now, I knew the Spear of Destiny. You know, it's in Constantine. It's in uh, biblical literature. It, it's, you know, it, it, supposedly it's an actual physical object that uh, pierced the side of Christ. I know those elements about it. Uh, it, it belonged to Longinus, also known as the Lance of Longinus, uh, and at least in the historical aspect, but I don't know anything about the Spear of Destiny in the comics. Now, that seems to be, obviously, the comics interpretation of this. So, Will, what is the significance of the Spear of Destiny in DC Comics? Well, it was used mainly in the JSA, so I wasn't surprised to hear it because, you know, they've kind of been in the side ground this whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, Mainly it was used as a way because they wrote the Spectre too powerful. So it was kind of Spectre kryptonite, really, was what it was. It was a MacGuffin for Spectre. Uh, Hitler got his hands on it at one point. Um, and then it was used again in current history, again, during uh, Infinite or Identity Crisis. No, Infinite Crisis. Uh, as a way to make Spectre, you know, again, to 
stop Spectre and do some weird stuff. And that's how he got involved in, uh, he he went into his last host, and I can't remember that guy's name at all. Um, but yeah, it was... Christmas Allen. Yeah, Christmas Allen. So it was all part of that. It was, uh, you know, it was used in the Day of Justice storyline when they brought Hal back and made him the Spectre for a while. It, it's always been kind of this magic thing that's kind of just around. It's cool, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's a MacGuffin, and I mean, writing, rewriting history or reality, it's not something it's ever been able really to do. But since they don't have a Spectre, and I imagine they don't want to try to go to the Spectre because you put a Spectre in this universe and, you know, it's, you're, why? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, that's okay. my, my thinking so, is, you know, they had to find a reason to do it. They could have gone with any number of other things, you know, the Orb of Ra. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. well, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then this is, this is like, in, in DC Comics at least, because uh, we really don't know the extent of its powers in Legends, uh, but in DC Comics at least, it's, it's just a super big bad MacGuffin that, to deal with Spectre and other, like, very powerful entities and things like that. Right. It, it's a powerful magic okay. device, yeah. Okay. So Kyle, what do you think Legends uh what do you in Legends, what do you think the Legion of Doom is going to do with the Spear of Destiny? Like why what where could they be going with this? <clears throat> they want to well, what they say rewrite history. I think they want to rewrite um all their past failures so where they are always on top mm-hmm. so where like Eobarthon always defeats Barry Malcolm defeats Oliver and Damien Dark destroys the world well so I, I think it goes I point I, I want to I think it goes different than that I think it's going to go a little bit more micro I think Damien Dark wants to stop his death from happening I think Malcolm wants to stop his son from being killed you know what I mean? Like the the thing they dangled so in front of Sarah was rechanging her history so that she didn't lose anybody. And Malcolm has never gotten over Tommy dying. You know, so I think they want to oh, dangle sorry, things you, like that. You're cutting out a little bit there. So, but so, but oh. basically, you're saying that. Uh, so, Eobard uh, would want it to prevent his death, right? And Malcolm would want it to prevent uh, his son's death. Right. And uh, Damien, what was was his end goal there? Damien doesn't want to die either. Okay, yeah, Damien dies too. Yeah, okay. Right. It's like, don't forget, these are three guys that died. You know, and then then Leonard, if they were doing Snart, and if they pulled, like, if that goes to my theory too, if Snart's, I mean, they're all villains who have a reason to change reality. You know, personally, not just over, not just trying to rule the world, you know, but personal reasons to change their own reality. Okay, so this isn't like a tool in which they can control reality and, the, and control the, the fate of the world and all that kind of stuff. This is just like, you know what? I don't want to die. What about you? Do you guys want to die? Right. Nah, let's go get the Spear Destiny and let's make <laughs> ourselves not die. Okay. Well, I, I kind of like what Kyle was saying, though, with uh, it, it, specifically with Eobard. Uh, right. With Eobard being able, because because Eobard hates Barry Allen so much, and that would make sense for me. What Kyle was saying to go back and make it so that Eobard never lost to Barry Allen, I could see that. But then again, you know, he does die, and so that would be the one loss that he would want to prevent the most. <laughs> you know, if you're going to prevent a loss to Barry Allen, make it be the one where you die. Um, 
so interesting. Okay, that would be that would be pretty cool. So so the Legion of Doom. I think we're gonna see more and more characters that have been killed off in other shows coming to join it. Is what it seems like that could be where they're where they're moving with this. Huh. Well, um, let's see. Do we have anything else to speculate upon for this episode, Kyle? No. <laughs> no. Will. Excellent. Uh, okay. Now, I guess yeah, we did the I, Leonard speculation. I mean, what we think Leonard is. So. No. Yeah, I think I think we're speculated out. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're we speculated earlier. Well, let, let's do this. So this this is a mid season finale. Uh, we uh, you know obviously get one of those a year. I feel like this one was pretty good. Uh, how do you guys rate this compared to the other mid season finales that we've had, or if you're watching them on Flash and Arrow and uh, Supergirl? Um, where does it rate, Kyle? Oof. Well, yesterday's Arrow was really good, um, and then so was Flash. Supergirl, I didn't realize was the mid-season finale <laughs> last week, so I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like Flash and Flash and Arrow are top, and then Supergirl and Legends are tied. <laughs> yeah. That sounds. About it's it's kind. Of, it's it's a cop out, but it's like that's that's how I that's how I do it. Yeah, I never saw Arrow, so I I, I don't have a. a oh, Arrow is so good. Yeah, I, I've heard really great things, so I'm probably gonna have to go watch it even out of order and just just to see it. But uh, yeah, Flash is definitely the top up there for me. Supergirl, I've I've seen a couple episodes this season, but I'm I was really far behind, and it felt kind of like MacGuffined out. So I'm gonna actually put Legends above Supergirl. Uh, so I'm gonna go Flash. Legends, Supergirl, and since I didn't see Arrow, I can't really rate it, but I would assume it would be above Legends, but below Flash. Uh, but Will, uh, what, what do you think? As far as overall, compared to all the other midseason finales that we got going so far, how do you rate uh, Legends? Um, I think Legends came in. Uh, I saw pieces of Arrow. I didn't see all of it. I didn't see it all the way to the end, but I was spoiled on that. So, And that's a great way to end a midseason. I mean, last season they had the best midseason cliffhanger, I think. Uh, with the you know shooting of Felicity, this year they they kind of went there again with something and it's kind of cool. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it, it's cool. Uh, okay. Flash kind of left me a little. It felt a little too much like a normal episode. Like it didn't feel like a midseason finale. Like it just kind of. Yeah, we 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 jumped to the future and we you know showed you this and we dangle what's going to come in five months, but you know it, it felt like a flash forward. It was. Flash kind of left me a little soft, to tell you the truth. Um, Legends I liked. I did like this. I feel like it kind of propels it. I think the little bit at the end with Rip, you know, like, I guess that's what Flash was missing. It was missing that end two minutes of... Yeah, the (laughs) twist. You know, like, even Supergirl had that, because her last two minutes involved her going to another Earth. So, I mean, I I think it's got to go, you know, Arrow, you know, Flash, Legends, and... You know, Supergirl. Cool. For me. Well, it looks like we're out of time. No, we're not. But. Hold on. No, we're not. Oh. No, we're not. Okay, there's more. But wait, there's Let's, more. But wait, we have listener feedback. Oh, we do have listener feedback. Sweet. We do. So, we, I, I put it on our Facebook the other day. First of all, and we should also talk about what's going to change here. Uh First of all, with the change to Tuesday night, Legends is still going to record our Legends TV talk. I think our show's going to be a little bit better because we're going to be able to watch it, you know, 
a couple, <laughs> one or two times before we try to talk about it. Because uh, sure. it's going to be moving to Tuesday at nines, but we're still going to record Thursday nights. Uh, and Facebook sent us a question, uh, so I because I did, I put that out there. And this is from Ross again. And he says, hey, Kyle. Oh, crap. I pushed the wrong button. Says, hey, Kyle. Hey, Will. <laughs> My question is, and he's British, so I, you know, hold on. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Will. My question is, do you, what do you want to see happen in the upcoming episodes? We already know the episode titles. And, and since the finale is called Camelot 3000, could this have something to do with the Legion? Thoughts? And if you decide to read this out, please call me Ross. Meanwhile, I told everybody it's on our Facebook page, so they're going to get your last name, Ross. We're going to call you, Ross, but I'm just going to put this out there right now. You're not exactly stealthy, my friend. Not exactly stealthy. <laughs> um, um, anyway. Well, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I saw this Camelot 3000. Discuss. I, I, I know it is a, it is a, it, it's a comic that DC put it out. It is an awesome where, comic, by the way. Okay, okay. So I, I, I knew you would know something about it. Will you had to have? So I'm gonna let you go because, like, I don't know. I, know, I it's like Arthurian legend, but in the year three thousand. So that's all I yes. know. And I, fill me in. I, I want to know about this because it sounds awesome. Okay. And and all right, yeah. It it was a comic put out. It was the first maxi series they ever put out. Okay. So um, it was the first one by DC. I think it was put out in like 82, but it went all the way to 1985. It was done by Mike Barr, which I think he went on to do Arrow, Green Arrow at some point. Uh, and Brian Ballard, who was the artist, and he went on to do a bunch of Batman stuff. And it was, it was twisted. <laughs> it was King Arthur. But basically part of the legend of King Arthur is, is that he, he will come back when Britain needs him mm-hmm. again. And so he wakes up in uh, three, the year three in the thirty first century or thirtieth century, and he like the year three thousand, and he basically he finds Merlin, he finds Guinevere, he finds the rest of them, and like they're some corpses? of them, huh? No, he like cor- some of them were reborn in other bodies. A few oh, of okay. them were reborn, like the uh, the the legend of Tristan and Isolde. Uh, Tristan was born into a woman's body, but Tristan and Isolde had a love that could survive anything. So, yeah, they, like they had a relationship as two women. So that's progressive for the eighties, dude. It was eighty-two. They let him do almost anything, and uh, it was it was really good. If you like anything about King Arthur, it's twisted and messed up. The entire thing. I don't remember the details of it because, I mean, I read it in the early 80s and I was young. And I read it again, I think, in like the late 80s and I was still pretty young. Um, But it was kind of cool. It was really, really out there for what they do. Like, uh, you know how Galahad was really supposed to be an idolized version of a Christian? Like the Christian Mm -hmm. knight. He's like, oh, gold be praised and all that. He becomes a samurai and he's a devout adherent to Bushido. (laughs) So, I mean, <laughs> they just, awesome. they, they really did. They went, they went just like nuts and it, it's a great story. Now, whether this means they're going to go to the year 3000 and deal with King Arthur and the fact that there's going to be lesbians involved, I can't help but think that this is somehow going to involve Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it, it's got a neat idea. I mean, it was a pretty 
it was an epic story. It was 12 issues. It was the first time they tried to do a 12-issue series. And yeah. and Brian Bolland, I think, lived in London at the time, if I remember the story correctly. So tr- imagine trying to deal with, you know, inter-Atlantic communication. Like, they couldn't send faxes in the 80s. Yeah. So everything had to be done by post. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, seriously. Like, it was incredible. And it was a really good series. Um Really well written. The art's fantastic. So, you know, I highly recommend it, but the thought of what they're going to do with Legends for... And, and this is supposedly the season finale, I guess. So... Oh, it's came out 3000? Yeah. That's what he said. I, okay. I don't know. He's like... I think episode 12 is Camelot 3000, and I think they got more episodes now. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they got those back four. Yeah, oh, yeah so I yeah. don't, because this, I don't think you would want to do a Camelot 3000 to be the, you know, to be the season finale, but I think it's going to be a great episode. Or it's going to really <laughs> let me down. It's going to be one of those two yeah. where I'll probably get on here and be like, this just sucks. What the freaking, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's really well, cool. Read it if you can get it. I mean, I, it's, it's out there in some places. Bit door. And uh, <laughs> yeah, for real, <laughs> you know, or Swedish w- nautical friends, wherever, wherever, <laughs> wherever comics are pirated. Um, I'm just kidding. Don't pirate comics. And sold. <laughs> but yeah, I think, and I wouldn't be surprised if DC will put this out for like digital download towards. Oh yeah, because I, I think they got to because this is too good of a story, and again, ahead of its time, big time. So highly recommend it. What do you think, uh, Kyle? Did you know anything about this, or I know nothing about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I know the I know a little bit of the Arthurian legend, but not. I did not know that DC did something with it. Yeah, look, I think it's on Wikipedia. You can look up the article. Uh, it it, it kind of goes okay. into this because I did read a little bit of that today to kind of jar my memory, but. Oh, it's it's excellent, guys. It's excellent, and it's and it's very adult for its time. I think it was one of the first. It definitely was one of the first ones where they were trying to appeal to, like it was before the Teen Titans. It was before um, the other books that they used to put out just for the comic stores. Like remember when Teen Titans went just to direct, and they had Legends of the Teen Titans where they would put on newsstands. Because in the early '80s, I don't know if you guys were around. In the 80s, comic stores only came around about 85, you know, 84, 85, before every town had at least one. Like, I read comics from the newsstand. I had to go to a newsstand in town called Valvano's and pick up an issue. You know, I picked up my issues, like, three weeks after the direct market got them. So, and New Teen Titans wasn't out for newsstand. I had to wait a whole year to get those stories. You know, I was like, who's this Nightwing? (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, it was good. It's good stuff, and you know, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, you know, and you know, it's really good if you can get it somewhere. Like I had to read my cousin's copies. I was it was nineteen eighty two. I was nine. <laughs> nice. Well, to answer yeah. Ross's question uh, about what I would like to see specifically okay. in the rest of of Legends, I'm going to say I want to see Camelot three thousand because Will, what you're telling me, it sounds freaking amazing. So <laughs> I'm telling you, if you can yeah. find it, if you can find it out there, you will thank me. You'll be like, ooh, it takes a little bit to get used to. And it's got a little bit of, you know, it's not perfect. It's not Watchmen, 
but mm-hmm. it was stepping. I think this book allowed Watchmen to happen. I really do. Ah, okay. I think this book allowed, you know, Alan Moore to kind of take it the next step because they had already started talking about things like homosexuality and, you know, sexual preferences and, you know, religion and what it means and all the, all these like higher concepts and it sold pretty well. So highly, again, highly recommend. Excellent. I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm going to look at that. I wonder if I can get it digitally off my DC Comics app. I'm going to look in that tonight. Yeah, I'm going to check on that. Uh, but Kyle, what, what about you, man? What are you, what are you looking for the rest of the season from Legends? Uh, I'm wanting more speedsters. Um, I want to know why they want the Spear of Destiny so badly. And I want Captain Cold back in flesh and blood. No more illusions or... Anything like that. Captain Cold, flesh and blood now. Yeah, I can agree with that too. Uh gotta get gotta get some some Leonard Snart back up on this boat. And by boat And Camelot three thousand is available for digital download. At a buck ninety nine yes. a piece. Yes. You're Doing welcome. Um I as far <laughs> for me, what I want for the rest of the season is I I wanna see this Legion of if it's gonna be done well. Okay, and that's gonna be tricky. Um, I want this Legion of Doom to kind of, I'd, I'd like to see them be m- more ominous and more, less mustache twirly and more thoughtful. Like if they're doing what I thought with the whole, like projecting Leonard Snart into his head, that's some messed up brain, good thinking stuff, you know, like, cause yeah. otherwise today they just kind of seem mustache twirly. They're like, Ooh, they fell for our plan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's tie a girl to a railroad track. Yeah, nah, he, <laughs> see? Uh, so I'd like to see that, you know, they're kind of always around and they're always kind of, and, and I almost want to see a race. Like I'd almost like to see more. I was hoping for more artifacts and kind of like what happened with uh, JLA versus Avengers where, they were showing up in places just to get these artifacts so that they could lead to something like it just would have been neat if there were like five or six artifacts and you have to face, you know, you're racing against the Legion of Doom to put these all together and you win some and you lose some. And then you have to kind of to barter and you have to figure things out. I, I kind of want to see him have fun with that concept. I, you know, I just hope it isn't all like I said, mustache twirly. And I'd like to see yeah. them stop trying to put Mari, not Mari. What the heck is her name in this one? Amaya. Amaya. I'd like to, because what they're doing is we've talked so many times on this podcast about them shipping, you know, Amaya. And is she going to be with Nate? Is she going to be with Roy, Mick? Is she going to be with, you know, who, you know, Ray? Like she's kind of flirted with every man on the ship. So either yeah. stop doing it. Like I kind of I'm I'm shipping her and Mech. If I'm shipping anybody, I loved it. I was like, okay, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, that was the best. You I know, think thus so, far that was the best uh, potential ship that they've done is is with her and Mech. Yeah, so I'd like to see them do that. Um, and I'd I'd like to see them like I need we need Rip back on the boat. I think he's a voice that they don't have, and I want to see them more. I kind of do want to see him more involved with their host shows, like. There's no reason they can't show up once in a while to, you know, Star City or Central City or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I do. That was that was it. 
And we have no other, uh, unfortunately, we have no other people right now who uh, want to talk to us. <laughs> well, Ross, we thank you very much for the feedback. Uh, yes, Ross. Yeah, we're looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh, and, yeah, I, I want to see some Camelot. There's a lot of other stuff, too. Hopefully, they'll, they'll deliver. But we won't, uh, we won't be back for until January 24th. Is that right? Right. Maybe we'll do Correct. one in before Correct. that or something, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll, yeah, we'll do something fun. Something yeah. like that. Maybe we can like review Camelot 3000. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, excellent. Well, uh, it, it looks like we're out of time, but uh, if you want to keep in touch with us while we travel the time stream, here's how. You can follow me on Twitter at ringthatbell, spelled B-E-A-L-L. Uh, you can follow me at KyleKrause89. And you can follow me, see, at WR Benson. See? There is yeah, no see, though. Feel free to email us. <laughs> <laughs> feel free to email us at show at legendstvtalk.com. We also created a Facebook page, so be sure to like us there at facebook.com slash legendstvtalk. Now, if you like this show, check out some of the other TV Talk shows. Supergirl TV Talk, Starkville Labs, and Flash TV Talk with Bell and Bo. And while you're at it, check us out on iTunes and give us a review, and we will read them on the show. They also actually help us, you know, become more popular. Like, it tells people about us. So please go to iTunes and just leave us a review. It takes a few minutes. It would be really great. And don't forget, you can download all. Oh, yeah, many, many stars. As many stars as possible. And don't forget, you can download all of the TV Talk podcasts on the Satchel Podcast Player. And as always, you stay classy, multiverse. See? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as oh, always, oh, this was and as always, you wear cement overshoes. See? Multiverse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, straight out of the timeline and right into your ears. See, I'm Bell. I'm Kyle. And I'm Will. See? <laughs> yeah, and this is Legends <laughs> TV Talk. See? And we have an outtake. Yes! <laughs> All right. <laughs> By the way, Kyle's girlfriend was on the mic earlier, and he wouldn't put it on the podcast, but you should totally have heard it. It was the best part of the show. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> see? Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> see? Wait, different different timeline. <laughs> so are, 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 we, are we taking that one again? Should we take it again? Do we want to do the C, or do we just want to... Like Meh, see? Take your gun when you go through the window, see? Meh, see? Straight out of the timeline, see? Meh, right into your ear, see? I'm Bell, see? Meh. Yeah, yeah, you have to put C at almost every, you know? Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Right out of the timeline and right into your ears, I'm Bell. I'm Kai. Hey, 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 yo, yo. I'm a Kai. Yo. He's a ringing machine.
<laughs> you got to crap lightning and you got to pee thunder. Wait, no way around. He is no man, he is machine. <laughs> what he is? I don't know how we went he from destroys. 1920s, you know, Chicago. <laughs> To 1960 Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't. don't well, we are on a show about. We are on a show about time travel. That is. True. Hey, uh, I'm, true. I'm sorry, Mick. Uh, you know, yeah. this is what happens. Uh, yeah, right, Mick. Yeah, yo, uh, different Mick, right? It's it's not the Mick of yeah. Trey me, but it's another Mick on this show. You know, yo, Adrian. 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 Oh God, I did a snort. Whoa, we did it. We got the snort, Bill, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this wow. is gonna be great for after. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh jeepers! What, what was oh, the robot's so name though? C. <laughs> what robot? The robot. He didn't he name the robot. Before. He just called it robot. Uh, we just uh, the, the we let the kid call it robot. Yo, see. <laughs> it said uh, happy birthday. It said happy birthday, Polly. It was Polly's robot. Happy birthday, Adrian. <laughs> You know, it was Paul's oh. robot, and then uh, then I went over, and uh, I had to go to <laughs> Russia, and I had to fight the big blonde guy, who's now probably Prometheus. Spoiler. See? <laughs> <laughs> but oh. it just goes to show that we can all be one people. Tear down the wall. <laughs> and, uh, and, hey, Mik- hey, Mikhail Gorbachev, right? Wipe that thing off your head, man. Why is it there? Wish the Gorbachev off. Oh gosh, here we go. Oh. We're going all throughout time here. We're going we're going to the 90s. Well, yes. Nancy and I were very popular. Straight out of the timeline and right into your ears. I'm Ronnie. I'm uh I'm Rocky. <laughs> Legends TV talk this is <laughs> Judge me by my size You do not I think That's Kyle's girlfriend does though oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright I'm cutting it I'm done We're done here We're done Alright okay. oh, oh. I'm so fired I'm so fired <laughs> so, so See so see. are we gonna st- <laughs> see? So, so uh, yeah, Matt, see. So are we gonna do the the, the 20s intro? <laughs> I don't know. It's totally your call. <laughs> I, I I like it. I think it's fun. I think we should. Do all right, I like so it if yeah, we, should if do we it. keep it all together. We have to keep it. Car- yeah, come on, yeah. guys. We are. Well, this is what Bo would tell us. We would have to be prof- first. Would be like we have to be hey, professionals. Yeah. We have to be professional, guys. And uh, here's Cher. No, <laughs> she's whispering. If I could turn back time. Dear God. No. All right. Uh, so all right, straight out of the timeline. Uh, Crooked out of the yeah, timeline. All right. <coughs> all right. <laughs> Are you ready? Hey. You ready? Yep. All right. We're good. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll, we'll get a couple seconds of silence and then I'll start it off. 